You are listening to Handbone to the Movies on the Let's Get Ready Network. On this network, we talk about the movie trivia showdown, the first class league, sports, Star Wars, movies, TV, and more. If you're interested in supporting the network, you can subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com slash network. And please leave a rating and review of this episode. Enjoy the show. It's for real. <laughs> Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. It sound right, boys. All right, guys, all right, guys, this is another Handbone Movie Review. But unlike most of the other ones, I'm not going to be alone. Uh, I want to introduce my two guests that's going to be helping me with reviewing the movie Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. And the first guy I'm bringing in is my man Alex. He is the guy who is responsible for most of the stuff that happens in the intro uh, for these reviews <laughs> with all those sweet Photoshop pictures and stuff like that. How you doing, Alex? I'm doing good, man. How about How about you? Hanging in there, man. Hanging in there, you know, doing the thing. And then uh, somebody that's joined us on a lot of like reviews and stuff like reviewing shows and everything else is uh, coming in to also uh, help to review this movie and talk about his thoughts would be uh, our man, Caleb, man. Y'all got seen him before. Here he is. But yeah, uh, let's jump into this, man. So we're going to be reviewing uh, Venom 2, uh, Let There Be Carnage. Uh, it came out this past weekend. Uh, the writer, uh uh, Kelly Marcel uh, was done the screenplay. Tom Hardy, actually, I didn't know a lot about this until like actually looking up on the movie. But uh, Tom Hardy uh, did a lot for the story. Uh, Andy Serkis mm -hmm. was the director and the stars were actually Tom Hardy, Woody Harrelson, Michelle Williams, just the name of the, the top billings there. But uh, yeah, man, let's like uh, let's break into this. Let's get into it. Uh, I want to first start with uh, the different uh, things that we could talk about. And the first thing I want to kind of dive into is the acting and directing. Uh, with this movie right here, I actually preface this and Caleb's probably going to agree as well. Cause you see a shirt there. It's like, I've always been a big time Venom fan. Uh, I used to buy like the Venom comic books before I would buy like other superheroes, like comic books, because I just love the character. Even when he was introduced in Spider-Man and stuff like I, it really kicked me into like, like in Spider-Man even more. I was always a Spider-Man fan, but like I became an even bigger fan. Uh, whenever the different things like Maximum Carnage and stuff like that series started going through the Spider-Man comics and stuff. And then Venom got his own like line of comics, which is pretty cool. So like I'm coming into this movie uh, already wanting to like it because I love Venom. And I love that. I actually love the first movie, the first Venom that came out. I really thoroughly enjoyed it and thought they did a pretty good job with that movie. Uh, but in this movie, I thought that woody harrelson for the part that he played right like so for the part where he was like just the human just the psycho killer the serial killer uh in the movie i thought he did pretty well like i thought he kind of went back to his roots of like a natural born killers kind of movie where he's kind of like uh, a little bit weird a little bit different but like he plays it well he doesn't go super crazy like nick cage will or anything but he kind of plays the character like it needs to be played I do see some gripes because like he does turn into carnage. Right. But like in a lot of that movie, after he turns into carnage, a lot of the movie, he is carnage. So you don't get to see him as far as in his human form as much, but that to me, that was something I was expecting. I mean, once he becomes carnage, he becomes carnage and carnage starts kind of taking over a little bit here. So 
Like I kind of assumed that going into the movie, but I have seen some complaints about that. But I thought Woody Harrelson did pretty good. Tom Hardy was Tom Hardy, man. Like Tom Hardy's a I thought he was I didn't when the first movie was coming out, I didn't totally 100 percent agree with me maybe Tom Hardy playing the role as Eddie Brock, but like he won me over in that first movie and I thought he did a damn good job, you know, in this movie as well. I thought that Tom Hardy's like ex, like she was his girlfriend in the beginning of the first movie. I thought she did even better in this movie. I like the way she interacted. It's almost like she got a little bit of a better of a feel for the movie and stuff. Uh, now she's more of a side, you know, uh, a plot character really, to be honest with you, but still, I think she did a really good job with that. And look, Andy Serkis is getting into a field where he could be fun and crazy. And that's what Venom's about. And I don't know if everyone out there that goes and watches, say, Venom or anything like that understands really. Because, like, if you wasn't a big Venom fan and didn't buy all the comics like I did or do stuff like Caleb did, watch, like, the old 90s cartoon, you don't realize how cheesy and campy that Venom is as a character. And, like, I think Andy Serkis really came into this and was like, you know what? Like, this is going to be cheesy. It's going to be campy. There's going to be some craziness, and I'm going to love doing it because he's Andy Circus. And, like, you know what? I'm just going to have this be a fun ride. That I think that's what his goal in this movie was, was to go in there and make it a fun ride. Not too long, obviously. It's a short runtime, which I actually, man, dude, I was, like, relieved whenever I got to watch a movie for the first time in a long time that wasn't super long. I know some people wished it was a little longer, but, like, with me – I was actually having fun with that like hour and a half, you know, time, you know, frame basically for this movie because it was like a quick get in and get out, man, put a smile on my face kind of movie. Uh, so I actually thought that Andy Serkis did a good job. Is this going to be like a movie you're going to say, oh man, this is in my top 10 movies of all time? No, but not obviously only 10 movies can be there. And you're talking about some of the great movies of all time that you would have to put this movie in front of, you know what I'm saying? So like, that's not going to happen. And that's not what you should expect going in to see this movie. So I thought overall, Andy Serkis did well. I thought it was a complimentary sequel and I thought the acting was pretty good, but uh, we'll move on to Alex, man. What was your thoughts on like the acting and the directing of the film? So I growing up, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. Um, I love the concept of Venom. As weird as it is, because I never really read as much of the comic books, I just love the design. I love the Raimi films. I grew up watching those movies. And then you know, when I saw Venom for the first time on Spider-Man 3, um, but also I've seen him in like, video games and other things like that. And so I just thought he was just such a cool freaking character. And um, they kind of, in, in my opinion... Uh, probably the weakest part of the third Spider-Man film. And then when Venom came out, the newest one, uh, the one in 2018, um, I I didn't hate it. I, I liked it. Um, it's a weird hodgepodge of a film. It, it does, it takes a lot of liberties of, you know, uh, you know, being funny in the weirdest way possible, but it, it, it just, it's, it's such a quirky fun ride. And it's, it's, it's funny because like a lot of critics do, do not like, the first Venom, and some of them don't even like the second one. Um, and for that matter, like, it, it's it's really weird, because I do think there is something in both of these films that really works, and um, it is definitely, it is definitely, like, Tom Hardy's performance that is very captivating and it's fun. And I think that's what really makes this movie. And I think it also is his relationship with Venom that makes both of those films work so well. Um, as I think those are the best parts. 
Um, as far as you know, Andy Serkis coming in here and directing, um, I thought his direction style was 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 really um, was really was really intriguing. Um, there are some gripes I have when it comes to possible visual effects, but we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, I thought he did I thought he did a pretty good job. You know, funny thing that this movie goes for like an hour and thirty, um, but Tom Hardy did pretty good and. Um, I'll, we'll we'll go around the horn. I'll talk a little bit more later, but I want to want to throw it to Caleb real quick on what he thought about um, the acting director. Um, yeah, uh, one uh, I thought that was one of the most enjoyable parts is the Tom Hardy's uh, acting in this. Um, he, 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 I think he's always good in everything, um, and I'm just I, and like you see my shirt. I'm a really big uh, fan of Venom. I really love the character. I think he did a good job portraying that. But I love his interactions with Venom. You know, I thought I thought they were like even funnier in this movie than they were in the last because some of the jokes in the last one didn't hit. I thought they hit a little more. Um, the sound round and he, he definitely um, played up pretty good. Um, and Michelle Williams, uh, she she was she was pretty she was pretty awesome in this movie. Um, even though I thought her character is kind of unnecessary, she was just the ex just coming from nowhere. Like, I kind of understand why she went in if she's the ex going off the other dude. But um, but even it, even though I thought she was necessary, I think she played it really well. You know, especially when right. she was gonna get Tyson, uh, Venom to go help uh, a rock. I thought those those times those that, that dialogue was really good, and she did, uh, really good acting right there. Directing, um, you know, he I think he just gave it what the first one pretty much gave you. You know, just a fun time at the movies, enjoyable. I enjoyed it, and I think that's he did his job there. You know. Um, so overall, you know, I like both the acting and directing. I think more more the problem was uh, the script. Uh, I think the script was more the problem than directing, because um, I don't think there was a lot there. I think it was them plot, and you know, uh, they didn't really go into any anything else. It was just pretty much this is the movie, and that's it. I agree. Yeah, like I'll kind of jump on that a little bit. I'll, I'll actually agree because there were times in the movie. Like the one thing I will say about Venom and, and I hinted at was like the campiness and cheesiness and stuff like that. But but when you don't have the Eddie Brock Venom interaction, right, like you, it should be more uh, grounded a little bit, you know, like, well, and we'll talk about this part in just a second, too. But like the, the biggest thing is, is like I think some of the movie kind of kind of kept that campy feel, even when it probably shouldn't have at certain parts, which that's a lot to do with the, the dialogue and stuff that I think was written. So I think there were a little bit of problems and issues here with the dialogue a little bit with like uh say the script or whatever you know like and i do agree with that and one other thing before we move on to the next topic is in acting and directing i thought that the lady i think her name's shriek i thought that the lady that played that character naomi harris naomi harris yeah so i thought she did a, a decent job but her character was so small it was hard to get her like a read on it so i don't want to say like she was bad or anything but i don't also want to say like she'd be great yeah, she didn't get to do a whole lot. Like, I, I realized why she was there. She was a plot device, basically, for like there to be like some conflict between like Carnage and like Eddie, uh, not Eddie Brock, but Carnage and um, your man uh, Woody Harrelson. Like, as they were like melting together, you kind of needed something to kind of spoil that because it seemed like he was just so overpowered and so like more powerful than even Venom. So you needed something to kind of help out with that, and it makes sense for her to be there and pro and have that. And push that narrative because her special ability is to make loud noise which is both venom and carnages and these symbiotes weaknesses so i get why she was in there 
And I do like a couple of things they did with her character and stuff like that. But like, she just to me, she didn't have enough to really showcase like any kind of skills on that. I almost feel like you could have almost put any actor in that <coughs> position. And I don't think it would have either hurt or like helped the movie either way, because I just think like that character just didn't have a lot to go with. But let's move on to. Wait, like, wait, wait. Uh, I want to go back. I want to go back and talk about acting directing real quick. Um, I just want to say, because I thought it was such a weird, interesting choice whenever they had uh, Woody Harrelson appear in the post credit scene of the first Adam movie to be Cletus Cassidy. Because anytime I thought of Cletus Cassidy from watching the animated cartoon series, very over the top, very over the top kind of character. And I imagine someone like I, I thought of Jim Carrey's performance in uh, Batman Forever as the Riddler, kind of right. something in that kind of realm, or like Ace Ventura. And I thought like that would be, and, and to an extent, I was just like, okay, if Andy Serkis is directing this, he could, he could have done. I mean, I I love Woody Harrelson to death, but man. Imagine Andy Serkis doing Carnage, playing Cleus Cast. That'd be I mean, interesting. Like that—that's what was on my mind when I first like heard that he was like directing this film because I was like, this, the the this would have been incredible to see. However, um, you know, talking about Naomi Harris and Michelle Williams's performances and and there and, and the writing and we'll get into the writing in the the next uh, subject. But I thought, yeah, I thought. Um, yeah, they, they, the female characters really felt very under, underutilized, and which is really sad. And I think that also has to do with the script and the runtime of the film, because they really want to, you know, they really want to get ahead and, and start, you know, um, making that story kinetic and having the audience engage with what's going on. So I understand that, but it's a shame that that happened. But I did like the whole, I did like the whole story between his relationship with Shriek. Um, there's some stuff that he re- that Carnage reveals towards the climax of the film that is like, okay, um, wow, you didn't have time to set that up or talk about that, but that that's completely fine. Um, but with you know with his ex and everything like that, I wish they could have done a little bit more with them. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let, yeah, let's move on to best and worst. If anyone else, yeah. So like we're, next, we're gonna talk about the best and worst, like the best things we thought about the. Uh, film individually and some of the worst things like so because like every film and well almost every film except for my favorite movie of all time seven i probably couldn't pick a worse than that movie because i think that's the closest to perfection that i've ever seen on the film but uh with most movies you're gonna have a best and a worst and in this movie like i mean i'm pretty sure we're all gonna agree on this best part of the movie to me was and, and it was the best part of the movie for in the first movie was the eddie brock and like the symbiote venom uh, actual interactions with each other during the film because if you've ever read the comics, if you've ever seen the 90s cartoon, any of that stuff that you've ever seen, it w- to me, they just play it perfect. I think Tom Hardy's done it perfectly. Like, he's supposed to be this guy who is not the best guy. Like, we always look at Spider-Man. Like, Spider-Man's just, uh, like, a really good kid, right? Like, nothing really wrong with him as far as personality-wise or him ever being, like, a bad dude. Like, you know he's, like, pure at heart. Where Eddie Brock's not as pure. But he's also a good guy, though. He's not a bad guy. And that's the reason why him and Venom, like, whenever they get put together, they become, like, more of a hero character because of the fact it's almost more like an anti-hero because sometimes, as you see, Venom can get a little bit carried away and bite a bad guy's head off. But he's always biting, like, the bad guy's head off because of the fact that him and Eddie Brock are together. The goodness of Eddie Brock keeps the symbiote in check, so it's like a good meld between each other, right? 
Whereas like when we saw when Carnage ends up being, you know, portrayed in the movie, it's like a bad guy who's a serial killer mixed with a symbiote. Now we see ultimate craziness just go on and happen. Right. Like for the thing. Uh, so the best thing to me is the Tom Hardy and Venom, actually them, their dialogue together, all that cheesiness, all that funny jokes and everything else was really good. I also like the part in this movie, which they didn't do a lot in the first one at all, period, pretty much. And that's Venom, like they, they have their conflict with each other and then Venom, the symbiote, uh, goes out and does his own thing for like a little while. Now, that's pretty crazy because like they didn't really show you completely. They kind of hinted at it a little bit uh, and stuff because like the, the people he would take control of would like get sick or whatever. <laughs> like I think one of them like threw up and one of them's like passing out in that store. But like when the symbiote gets on something, just like any parasite, if it doesn't uh, match together well, like the person that the symbiote's over ends up, if they don't get the stuff they need, they end up dying like uh, pretty easily. And so, so that's why he's people. passing. Yeah, exactly. So he's like walking through here, passing from person to person to person. And me as a big Venom fan is like, dude, he's like literally just killing every one of these people that he's kind of going through. And so he gets to the party. I thought that was like stupid fun. I had a really good time when he gets there, he grabs the mic and he starts like talking to the crowd and they're all thinking he's just in a cool Halloween cosplay costume, you know, or whatever. Like I thought that stuff right there was fun. <clears throat> Even though it was kind of cheesy, I still loved it. It's part of the thing. It's part of who Venom is. And so that's like, uh, you know, basically like a couple of my favorite things. I do like, especially before he became Carnage, I liked how Woody Harrelson actually portrayed uh, Cletus. I like the fact that like he was kind of a little bit grounded, but he was also, you know, crazy. You could see it like the, the way he carried himself, the way he acted when he was delivering the messages and stuff like that. When he was talking to Eddie Brock before he became Carnage and everything else. Like I like that interaction and I liked how he portrayed that a little bit and everything. Uh, I did like a lot of the stuff they did with Carnage whenever it, uh, uh, Woody Harrelson character becomes Carnage. I liked a lot of the stuff they did there. Now, it seems like my friend right here next to me may have had a little bit of problems with some of the CGI. But see, like, there's the thing. I'm a person that doesn't, I don't have this great eye for CGI. Like, when it's bad, when some people tell me it's bad, I have to go back and watch and go, like, what are they talking about? And then I might notice it then. But when I usually go to a movie, as long as it's not done spawn, you know what I'm saying? Ooh, <laughs> uh, as long as ooh, it's not don't spawn, go there, Justin. Yeah, yeah don't as long go as there. it's not spawn terrible. <laughs> As long as it's not that bad, I usually don't catch it the first time around. Uh, you know, something like Rogue One, where they had Grand Mark Tarkin in the movie and stuff. Like, I thought it looked super great. And then when people talked about it, I went back and looked and I could see a little bit about what they were doing. But I oh, personally yeah. didn't notice it the first time. I thought it was like, I, I was like, bro, I had to check and see if that dude was still alive. I was like, man, I thought this dude passed away, but he might be still alive when I saw it the first time. So I didn't really have any problems with the CGI personally. And I liked a lot of the stuff that like the cool ways they had, like Carnage doing things and killing people and the way he looked and stuff to me was overall pretty good. So that's some of my best things about this movie leading with the, the Eddie Brock and Venom, like just dynamic that they have in the story. It's like, I know that Venom's this like fake thing, but I think Tom Hardy pulls it off to where you believe these are two different entities and like they, they're almost like this couple. It's like funny, right? Like it's like this couple and they're having a, a, a couple spat, you know what I'm saying? Like a, a married couple would have. And I and I think it's like real, you know what I'm saying? Like I feel it. Like I, I feel like if Eddie Brock were to like get killed or something, like if Venom was upset about that, I would believe it. Like they, they're he's making it good enough to where I would believe the story. 
the worst parts about this movie, or I think like the weakest parts about this movie was there was um, a little bit of like jumping to things, maybe just a little too fast, right? Like there's even that part where uh, Carnage is actually like, you, you know, you just automatically assume that I'm this super horrible guy, but then you didn't look at the fact that like, and he starts kind of telling them like, man, I was abused and all this stuff, right? That's what I was talking. That's what I was doing too. They didn't lean into that a little bit of enough. And it's like I talked about with the Shriek character. Like I think anybody could have played that character or whatnot. It was definitely used as a plot device and everything, but that would be my weakest points in the movie. But they're to me a little bit being a little nitpicky to a certain point. Because like I actually overall like enjoyed the movie and you'll be able to see my final score when we get to that part. But I enjoyed the movie overall, but that's my best and worst, man. What you got, Alex? Um, to go along with your point, um, like what I, I also would add on top of like, you know, the the worst things that have in this film. And I and I have a lot of things that I really like about this movie. I, I will say that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I think like exposition wise they really just try to, you know, move the movie forward. Like when he puts his, when Carnage puts his fingers in the laptop to figure out where Shriek is like that, like that was just like that. It was, it was easy and done. And so then he was that like, took you out. No, I mean, it, it was like, you know, it's for the, it's a comic book movie. I mean, what, what, what else? You're not going to, it's not Scorsese or it's not anything else, but that's what it is. And you got to deal with, you got to, you got to deal with what you got. Um, and I think the CGI, um, yeah, when he's in the prison breakout, I, I like that whole thing. Um, I thought it was kind of cool, but I thought the way he looked just, it, it did, he, I, I wanted Carter to be a little more, more vibrant, like a little bit more red. He felt very. Yeah, because in the comics, yeah. Yeah, and um, especially when he's like twirling that, that guy in the, in the, in the um in the jail you cannot hear shaggy talking to him uh it, it sound it, he sounds like shaggy when he's like any last words warning you can actually find the clip on on youtube on on playstation <laughs> i'm not i'm not joking anyway i don't want to ruin the movie anymore anyway. um yeah i just thought like some of the the, the tendrils of cgi and stuff probably would have been a little bit better but you know best i i, I do agree justin the, the relationship between venom and Eddie Brock is the best part about this movie. And they doubled down on that in this mm-hmm. new one um, from the first one. Because I think there's parts in the first one that um, I guess needed a little bit more of that. And at times it was a little bit too much. But I think there was a good balance. Um, and, uh, yeah, like, um, I would say the depiction of Carnage was was very interesting. Um, and, Justin, you, you mentioned how um, – talking about how venom is symbiotic with eddie brock and that relationship coincides so well whereas when you see you watch the film you learn about carnage that symbiote does not really mend well with him because he's because carnage is trying to do things that's out of his control and it's it's crazy it's that's what i I do like about this i did like i like the story i like the the parallels between him between cletus and brock Mm-hmm. And the relationship with him between Shriek and uh, you know his ex and all that kind of stuff and all symbiote stuff. Um, but I, I I don't know I don't know what you guys think. Um, despite it being very fast and kinetic, uh, would you say the and I, I can I can throw this to Caleb since he's going up next. Would you say this the runtime is a benefit or do you think 
could have yeah. been a little bit longer. No, um, I, I think I think it's perfect. I'll relate it to this. I'll relate it to this. Like, I think most movies are more like soft rock, right? Like, it's rock and roll. I I, I love it. And it's, it's kind of like most movies, especially the great ones, are more of like an Eagles, you know, one of the highlights of any of the Eagles songs or like a Led Zeppelin song, you know, some of the greats, right? They're not very hardcore. They're very like a Stairway to Heaven kind of build. You know what I'm saying? Like Stairway to Heaven is kind of a perfect example. It starts out slow. You get to the middle. It starts to pick up and then it gets to the end and you get the crescendo, right? Like you get the end. That third act's always super big. I looked at this movie as being like, today i didn't feel like you know i didn't feel like listening to soft rock right i wanted to be amped up and it's like i went and saw hard rock heavy metal this was like the metallica of a movie right like because it gets in there it's in your face from the very beginning and it doesn't stop right this movie to me just didn't stop that's one of the things that i liked about it that's why i like the runtime and stuff because like they made it a conscious decision we're not going to have this movie be two or two and a half hours we're going to try to knock this movie out at around an hour and a half. And with that being said, they went at it. It was like kind of in your face. There wasn't too much downtime in this movie at all, right? Like there's not a part in this movie that if I were to like recommend Caleb to go watch it and Caleb's like, hey, man, you know what? I got I got a bladder problem, so I got to get up and go pee there in most movies. Do you recommend a spot to where I go take a piss? I couldn't tell Caleb a spot. There's not a big enough spot in this movie for you to walk away from the movie but that also makes it great because like like i said you put it in i imagine this movie being a really fun like rewatch movie where you can throw it in your dvd player or put it on your computer while you're doing something else and just have fun and it could be there and it's just like this fun just stuff just kind of hitting your face like i said like heavy metal music man just bam fast at the start fast at the end we don't care because i'll be honest with you there's points there in this movie to where it almost feels like a third act because of the way it's fast paced and everything else. And it's getting to the climax and every, everything. And before Caleb, before you do your best and worst, I do want to point out, there are some things that they do change a little bit in the comic books, but I don't think they are too egregious. So like in the comics, when carnage gets freed, uh, venom, actually the symbiote venom actually has children with him and he breaks out like carnage ends up being, becoming one of them and breaking out and stuff. And Venom just kind of leaves the other ones there and doesn't even care about them because of the because it's an alien kind of species kind of thing going on. But the in the movie that he actually calls Venom father, which that's actually true. And I actually think it was kind of interesting how they did the bite thing where he tasted his blood. And that's how he kind of got uh, some of the symbiotes thing. That's how like uh, Carnage became Carnage, because like I just think it makes it more easier for a, an audience to realize like that's how he got the symbiote then if you go through the comic book story which is a little weird but venom's weird himself but like the symbiotes are freaking weird people like when you go see this movie you're expecting to have some kind of weirdness but yeah go ahead caleb what was your best and worst man um so my best were the just the the funny moments uh um when just their interaction just uh when they fight, fighting each other um or like the when when they go and you know meet up with Carnage and they about to fight him, then uh, uh, I was like, "Nah, I ain't messing with no red one." I, nah, yeah, that red one. That red one. Like, oh, oh shit, a red one. Yeah, it was it, it was great. I love that scene. Yeah, he, he said, and then he comes finally comes out. I was like, "Oh well, well we we, we about to die." So I thought I thought that was uh, that was really funny. 
uh just a lot of the, the, the action parts um when when they're actually fighting um when uh carnage is just like stabbing the hell out of him and like i thought that i thought that was awesome like you really saw that he was like kicking his ass um uh, i thought you know i i, I thought count Carnage looked pre- pretty damn cool and um some of my worst um moments were um just, just uh like i said a lot of the script wasn't really um, it was basically a one sentence uh, plot line. You know, you wrote a bad story about me, so I hate you now, and that's basically it. And um, uh, like I said, Shriek was not used at all. Like basically, you knew, like, oh, well, her power is to kill Carnage. That's you already know, like yeah. that. That's what's going to end up happening. So it's like that. That, that was pretty predictable. And um, another weird thing at the beginning that that was just like, what the hell. Is having uh, uh, Woody Harrelson's voice and the younger actor and it coming out like that was like hella weird to me. Like, why don't you just use the young actor's voice? Like, why you we, we know it's Woody Harrelson, yeah, yeah I mean, voice is changed too. but that was, that was just hella weird to me. Um, yeah, like, like I said, uh, they didn't really, I kind of saw him and I kind of did see him like look like younger. I think you got kind of broke up a second there. Go ahead. Yeah, Alex, let's try that again. Uh, no, I was just, can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. No, I was just saying that like he did for, to me, he did look like a young Woody and that was kind of interesting the way he, you know, yeah. they, they put his I thought voice. That yeah, that's what I'm saying. You already know he's going to be Woody. You don't need to put Woody's voice. Sorry, Kale, what were you saying? Yeah, yeah. He was just talking about like Woody's voice being put into there. Whereas I'm kind of like, I'm kind of like you, Caleb. We all know voices change over time. Like you don't keep the same voice for your whole life. Like it gets deeper, according on who you are and stuff like that. Right. But I will say this, like we have kind of uh, crapped a little bit on some of the script and some of the dialogue and everything. But I'm going to tell you this, like, I think that goes into my analogy that I used earlier. Like those more of like hit songs by like Zeppelin and the Eagles and stuff. They always have like some of the best dialogue for the music and stuff. But if you go do to not, heavy metal, do not, baby, do not compare this movie to Stairway to Heaven. Listen, I'm just I'll telling you that you. right now. No, 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 I'm not. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm telling you that this movie is opposite, right? It's the it's the heavy metal. It's like the Metallica, which their dialogue's not as great in heavy metal songs, right? Like that's not. It's really more about the music in most cases than say some of the most heaviest. Look, man, I get it. You like you, obviously you're doing that. You like, like one, that. one is a good. No, no, that's a great. I'm that's, not. That's I'm not picking good. on that song. I'm talking I, about I, I, I'm I'm just, I'm everyday just, heavy metal. Most people can't pick out Anthrax or something like that, right? They're not going to know what I'm talking about if I said that band as much as if I said Metallica. Man, but, that's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> but there was one little thing though that I have a nitpick about. He said, like, there's a part where him and Venom's fighting, and he he says, no, not the TV, and he drops the TV anyway, and it breaks down the uh, sidewalk. And not 10 minutes later in the movie, when that detective shows up, he's already got, like, a replacement TV after it looks like he's broke and doesn't have a lot of money. So how is he able to get that TV back? Like, I don't know how that happened. <laughs> so, But that's a very nitpick thing. It's, like, not that big of a deal. It's kind of funny. But, I, but before we move on to the final score where we give our scores, if you guys want to join me in the score giving, but before we jump into like final scores of the movie, uh, I do want to bring up this and I'm going to warn people because obviously this thing's labeled spoilers. We talked about some of the spoilers. We didn't give you every little bitty thing. I'm not spoiler heavy on these reviews. Uh, spoiler light, I would call it because I don't tell you exactly how 
uh, you know, different things in the movie happens in most cases and everything else. But we got to talk about this. And this is a huge spoiler because I've told everyone that I've talked about. This is worth going to the movies to see, especially if you go during matinee times, right, where it's a little cheaper. This movie is worth the price of its admission for this mid credit scene that you get. So you get Venom, like the very end of the movie has Venom and Eddie Brock discussing stuff with, on the beach. You know, Venom's getting to be able to have the sand between his toes and stuff. And they make a joke about, sorry, I can't help you with the wind through your hair because Venom don't have hair, obviously. Uh, and Tom Hardy don't have a lot of it, to be honest. So then the movie ends, it goes to the credits, and then we come back and you have like uh, Eddie Brock and Venom like in this hotel room. They like, he wakes up or whatever and as he's waking up like something happens and the thing that happens is everything goes like with a weird light behind him and things in the hotel room change like almost instantly and you can tell by like this wave of light that goes by i instantly knew before i even started hearing the tv saying anything or even noticing that the hotel room changed as soon as I saw that wave of light, it's the same wave of light from Doctor Strange whenever the things with the timeline crap happen. And I'm like, oh, my God, already. I'm already like, oh, shit. Like, is this really happening? Are they doing this? And so the, everything in the room changes. Uh, you hear something on the TV, and it's actually them, to, uh, like the same news broadcast from the Spider-Man movies talking about how uh, – uh, Peter Parker, yeah, yeah. Peter Parker is Spider-Man and everything else that we hear from like the last Spider-Man movie. And I love the image of Venom getting oh, that guy. And he gets close to the TV and he kind of has that long ass tongue come out and just lick the screen, basically licking Spider-Man. Mm -hmm. And there's a funny moment where a dude knocks on the door and it's like actually like, what are you doing here? This is my room, kind of thing. So they're doing it, guys. They're doing it. I didn't think they would ever do this, but they are doing it to the fact to where even though this is a Sony property, that they're actually putting it in the real. Not just it's always been MCU because it's an MCU character, but not just it being Sony outside of a you know a story with that Sony's doing because they technically own the Spider-Man property and they have this thing. But they're literally yeah. jumping, they're literally jumping in headfirst into this and bringing Venom. This Venom, the Tom Hardy Venom, the good Venom that we've gotten so far into the MCU. And it looks like he's going to be part of this new Spider-Man movie. And let me tell you guys right now, I'm looking at you, Disney and Sony. You better not put my boy in there for five minutes. He's well worth at least a good 20 to 30 minutes of this movie, a Spider-Man movie. He better be in there more than just a cameo. It better be more than just a cameo. I'm just saying. But this got me super hyped. Do you when I saw this, there is no way in hell. COVID, non-COVID, earthquakes, hurricanes, tornadoes, or anything that's gonna stop me from seeing this new Spider-Man movie when it comes out. How hyped were you guys when this actually happened in the mid-credit scene? Kale, okay, what you go first? Oh uh, yeah, I thought it was freaking awesome, man. I, I, I can't wait to see see Venom uh Spider-Man get just for the fact I hope he just gets the symbol. Like, I, I hope that happens. Like, somehow he takes over Spider-Man and gets the symbol. Because that, that's what I can't wait for. I, I, I was so hyped for this. Because, like, like you said, I, as soon as the, the, that big old, you know, you knew it was Dr. Strange, that Strange's spell that ha just happened. You knew he was just brought over. And 
I think it was, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure if it's just like the characters or the two universes collided. I, I'm not sure what happened. Um, but either way, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see. Bro, I didn't even think about the fact that one of the plot, you are right. I didn't even really notice. I thought they were just doing it to be a little different with a suit. Because you know how sometimes they don't want to put the comic book characters in. Like Wolverine never wore like the red or the yellow and blue like suit, that cheesy ass suit he wore in the comics. He never wore that. But, like, that's actually true. Like, I never really thought about the, like, actual symbol that Venom has kind of came because, like, he got on Spider-Man first and then left and went. His to look. Him. His look is yeah. based off of Spider-Man 2. Because that's, yeah. like, that's, I guess, how it happens in the comics where it it, it adapts to how the characters specifically look. Because you yeah. see, like, other symbiotic versions of characters that have the Venom suit. They, I, they you know. I could easily see Venom coming in the Spider-Man movie. To help Spider-Man, he's obviously going to need help. He's got all these people coming in this movie, like bad guys or whatever, to come get him. I could obviously see Venom showing up to help Spider-Man. And, like, say Venom gets taken out a little bit or whatever, like, by one of the bad guys they're going up against or multiple bad guys. And, like, Eddie Brock's, like, Venom helping and reaches out and maybe touches Spider-Man or whatever. And Venom takes control of Spider-Man. Or not takes control of him, but joins Spider-Man. And they whoop ass. For like a few minutes and like caleb saying whenever he goes back to eddie brock like he's got the symbol now because of the spider suit that actual like uh that spider-man wears yeah. like that actually makes sense and would be really cool if that was in the movie i think i think that'd be pretty cool but what you got man what'd you think about that thing alex listen i'm gonna just tell you this right now this movie over the weekend made 91 90 90 million dollars it made more money than the first Venom did pre-COVID. That's how great this movie did over the weekend. This new Spider-Man movie, probably gonna earn the most money for any movie this year. I'm telling you that right now. I can bet on it. Like, I I, I want Dune to do great. I want Eternals to do great. I want, um, Halloween's gonna do amazing, I think. but, you know, HBO Max fucked Dune and Many Saints and all those other movies over. Matrix, come on. Put it. Anyway, I don't want to get on that uh, spill. Um, I'm really excited to see what's going to happen. Um, and what's funny is that, you know, we're talking about uh, the whole Doctor Strange fucking up everything in Spider-Man No Way Home. We also got to talk about Loki as well. We don't know what, what actually happened with that whole thing. I don't want to get too deep into it, but, like... Mm-hmm. You know that we're gonna figure out more about how that all works. And what's even interesting is that when Venom sees Spider-Man on TV, he's like, he's like, him. he licks him. And so I watched some videos about this, and essentially it's like maybe the Venom, because there's a thing in the Marvel Cinematic Universe called the ne- their uh, Nexus beings, which are things that live all across every single dimension, and they pretty much have the same powers. Scarlet Witch is a Nexus. Mm. There's a fly on my face. As a Nexus uh, a person or Nexus an entity, which they have the same power across all different timelines and universes and everything like that. I think Venom is a Nexus thing, and that symbiote can memorize everything from all different timelines. And so, probably from the experience with the symbiote that uh, Peter Parker interacts with in Spider Man 3, that's probably how that Venom knows who that is, and maybe they were made to fight. So it's one of those kind of destiny things. And um, But no, I'm, I I hope we see them in there. 
I think he's going to team up with Spider-Man. I don't think he's going to be a villain to him. Yeah, yeah. I I do think they might could do a cool like five to ten minute fight between Venom and Spider-Man, kind of like it happened in the comic books because they didn't become like best friends immediately. Obviously, Spider-Man has a different way of doing things, so they argued about it and and fought each other. But like when they really decided we can't beat each other, like we're we're too we're too closely related, like we're not going to be able to win this fight. So they kind of like basically break off and like, oh, you take care of this half of the city and I got this half of the city. I'll leave you alone. You leave me alone kind of thing. Right. But they become more friends when like a bigger enemy would show up, like Venom would come in to help Spider-Man like he did during Maximum Carnage, the comic book run. But like, so I see possibly them having a fight, but then have mutual respect, you know, kind of having some dialogue as they're fighting and Spider-Man's kind of learning like, oh, okay, cool. Like this not guy's not really evil. Like he's really trying to take out bad guys like me. Then they would team up and like kind of probably, like I said, help Spider-Man like defeat some of these foes that are coming in. Cause we know Doc Ock's there. We know uh, Green Goblin's going to be there. And we Electro's know Electro's going to be there. So like all that stuff's going on. So he's going to need help, obviously. Spider-Man, I mean, Venom's going to be that guy that comes in. Spider-Man looks down and out, and Spy, uh, Venom's going to sh- uh, come up with a hot tag for you wrestling fans tag out team. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's going he's gonna to get that hot tag and come in and start clotheslining every damn body. You know what I'm saying? Dude, for real, that made – that scene, that mid credit scene, although it's pretty short, like to me, was worth the price of a mission. If, if you could have said, listen, I'm going to show you like a minute and a half worth of footage, and you pay this much money, I would have paid $10, $15 for that. Like I would have, like not even knowing what it was. It's like it's gonna be kind of the secret thing that we're gonna let you know that's gonna be this venom related that might be related to something else in the MCU. I'd have been like, here's my money. I'm gonna go watch a minute and a half little clip and I'm gonna be happy as hell I spent my money to watch it. And that's what I feel about that mid-credit scene. So even this movie, if let's say you're lukewarm on the movie, right? You don't think it's that good. It's one of those things to where, like I say, some of the pay-per-views of wrestling or something do this where the show may not be the greatest show, but at the very end, there's some surprise person that shows up at the end. And it's like, oh, man, this is amazing. So it made the whole show way better like than what you thought beforehand. I think like to those kind of people that are like, oh, man, I don't know if I like or dislike this movie. Once you throw in that mid credit scene, it's like, nah, bro, I got that pop. You know what I'm saying? It's like, nah, I like this movie, mainly because of a mid credit scene makes it even cooler that you went and watched it because of that certain thing. Like I almost want to go rewatch the movie and buy another ticket just so I can get one more like my eyes get that gloriness of what's that mid credit scene. So now uh, we're about to jump into uh, like our final score, final grade of the movie. I do want to throw up a couple pieces of information. One right now, IMDb ratings at a six point six, so almost at a seven out of ten, out of twelve thousand reviews. That's not like super bad or anything. Not like just either, but it's not. Super I don't put bad. any investment in IMDb ratings. Right. And Rotten Tomatoes, uh, you have 59%. That's on the uh, the critics version is 59% right now. So, uh, but the audience score right now with over 5,000 plus verified ratings is at 85%. So the audience is actually giving it a pretty good score. And the critics are, look, this is a movie that critic, most critics aren't going to like. And that's why I liked having Alex on here talking about this movie because out of us three, Alex is more of the like guy who likes to break down movies and more of like uh, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, but he just likes to break down movies a little bit. He's more of like a film uh, connoisseur that way, where he, he he's going to look at some critical things that I probably wouldn't see as just a, a fan watching movies. I think Caleb's closer to what I am, 
like we go see movies and it's just based on yeah. feelings and and like what we see where alex is going to break down some of this stuff right here you're like you could tell when we were doing the double feature uh back in the day on this channel like alex it, alex is in between alex i love alex because he breaks down a movie uh and, and almost like a critic but then at the same time we can have fun watching zomb you know uh, uh zoom zombies or, or zombievers or some movie like that right like some crazy movie and still have fun with it that's what i love about alex so I uh, thank both of you guys for joining me today, and let's go ahead and jump into the final score. Uh, I'll go first, man. Uh, I really – this movie would have been rated a six and a half if I didn't have a mid-credit scene. But after I saw the mid-credit scene, it bumped up my score a half a point to a seven. I'm giving this movie a seven out of ten. Uh, and and I, I'm going to stress this again because everybody understands my scale one to ten. If it's a five dead in the middle, that means I don't like it or dislike it. I just don't know what I really feel about the movie. I'm really just right in the middle. Anything below that means I dislike the movie in some ways. There might still be some things I like about it, but I dislike it more and more and more the lower on the scale it goes. If it's above five, every amount above five is like I like it that much more. Uh, probably not going to get too many 10 out of 10s from me because that's that only movie I'd probably the only couple movies I'd give that right now is like Silence of the Lambs and Seven and if I thought about it a little more maybe one or two other movies but yeah this movie right here six and a half but man with that mid credit scene I'm jumping it up a half point to a seven man that's what my final score is uh well Alex or Caleb who wants to go next I'll pass to you Caleb yeah okay um it's, it may not be a great movie may not even be that good of a movie but it's a hell of an enjoyable movie I had a good ass time with it, so just for that, you know, I I, I give it about, about a six and a half. Like you said, I give that half point just for the mid credits scenes. I enjoyed all of that, so that, that's my score. So yeah, you're gonna go to a seven along with me. Start that's, with a six, no, and, I got a half, six and a half. I, I have I was at six. I went, oh okay, I, it was at six and went to six and a half. I'm telling you, man, that mid credit scene was bon bonkers. It's the best. I, I know it's recency biased, but like as far as after credit scenes, I know there's been some cool ones here and there. It even give us something big, but I don't think any of them gave us something this big, to be honest with you. This is like the biggest surprise I've ever had in one of those mid-credit scenes, I feel. But maybe, you know, give it some time, I'll think about it. And one of these other MCU movies had something just as cool. But right now, baby, it's all about Venom seeing Spider-Man and licking him on the screen. <laughs> Go ahead, Alex. Um, by the way, I just wanted to say, uh, when I mentioned all the Nexus stuff, if I'm completely wrong on that, correct me in the comment section. Uh, that's fine. I'm not, I'm not the biggest... I just watch a lot of Screen Crush. Shout out to them. They're a great channel. Nice. Um, um, for the final ratings, uh, like Caleb said, you know, it's not a perfect movie. It's not a movie that you want to go in and, and be like, oh, I'm looking for the acting in this. Um, oh, I'm looking for uh, the mannerisms Tom Hardy gives or the, you know, it's it's a popcorn action flick. It's it's fun. Um, and that's. Yeah, like, I ain't winning no Oscar. No, anyway, I mean, and not even close to visual effects. I'm sorry, but I mean, it, it, it could have, but um, it's look, I love Andy Serkis. Um, I think he's done s such great stuff in this business. I love the apes, the new apes movies he's done, the of course, Lord of the Rings and King Kong and all those things. And um, it was it was cool being able to see him bring his own vision to a comic book movie and um, seeing Tom Hardy again. I think Tom Hardy is just one of those great talents that we have in today's uh, uh, today's industry that we need more of. And um, and it's great how he, you know, he wrote part of the script for this because um, he did a show on FX called Taboo that people need to watch more of. 
needs a season two. It needs it, it, it's it's really really good. Um, but yeah, I would get this movie like I give it like a out of ten. Probably yeah, I'm in the same ballpark as Caleb. I think like a six point five. Okay. Um, I enjoy I enjoyed it. I really I I, I liked it. Um, I wouldn't say I loved it. Um, I think it was a little bit better than the first one. Um, I. I don't know. I enjoy the longevity of the first one, but the second one, very fast, very paced, and the the post credit scene was really good. Um, I, I'm 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 excited, but I'm I'm kind of worried about this whole multiverse thing. But I'm, I'm I I can't wait for No Way Home. I'm really excited. Yeah, I'm worried about the multiverse too. It just gives you too many ways out to like, oh, this character's dead. But guess what? We got a new one. Yeah. But that, but but that's the only thing I get worried about it. But hey, guys. We've gone uh, a little bit longer than I thought, but I thought we did have good conversation, talked about the movie pretty thoroughly, so I'm pretty happy uh, with what we did here, man. Thank you guys for joining me. Like I said, listen, guys, you know, you're in New York. Somebody snatches a purse. Don't bite their heads off like Venom. Just trip them. You know what I'm saying? Don't, don't, Don't bite the heads off. Just trip them. But until next time, peace. Check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. It sound right, boys.